Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God, and we're so glad that you're here. Well guys, we are in an incredible series in the book of Acts. As you can see on your study sheet, or if you're on the digital notes, you can see we've got a lot of scripture to go through, but I don't apologize for this in any way, because this, you have wandered into a Bible-centered Bible-functioning, Bible... I mean, we are tied to the Word of God church. That's what we are. Now, these days, there are a lot of people with a lot of philosophy and a lot of self-help and a lot of ideas. But hear me tell you this, guys, and this is the truth. You cannot build your life on my opinions. You can't build your life on my faith. The fact that you go, oh, that guy believes God... You can't build on that. You've got to build on your faith, the Word of God. That's right. So we preach the Bible, the whole Bible, all the Bible, all the time. Amen. And everything is, that's why every time you see a sermon point, you're going to see two or three or sometimes five scriptures to back up. Because I'm not going to say anything that is not is not Bible-based, Bible-centric. And I don't just give you the address. <coughs> On your study sheet, look at that piece of paper I put in the I got every word in the scripture there. And that's so you can take it home and be like the Bereans. We're studying the book of Acts. Well, the Bible says somewhere around Acts 20, I believe it is, that when Paul, now this is Paul, he had a face-to-face conversation with Jesus. Jesus knocked him off a horse and talked to him face-to-face. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But Paul, when he was preaching, you know what people in, in Berea, the Bereans did? The Bible said they studied the scripture daily Amen. to see whether these things were so. So hear me say this from the bottom of my heart. Don't take my word for anything. Do not take my word for it. You read the Bible and you see if the Bible doesn't say what I'm telling you it says, please throw my words out. And keep that Bible, because the Bible is what we're here for. So, all of this to say, last week we started this series, and we looked at the last words of Jesus when he was physically here. And we talked about the last command Jesus gave us was not go. What was the last command Jesus gave? Wait. 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 Stay. Wait. Hold up a second. The Bible says, Jesus said, wait here in Jerusalem until you receive the promises of the Father that I myself have told you about. So to give us a better understanding of what Jesus is telling them from the very beginning of the book of Acts, he's saying, y'all hold up now. Don't go out there half cop trying to live this Christian life, trying to witness, trying to be a good Christian. You, you're not going to pull it off until you get the promise of the Father. So, I want us to say, what is that? What exactly is the promise of the Father? So we're going to take today, before we just start going through verse by verse Acts, we're going to look, what does the Old Testament say the promise of the Father is? And then what did Jesus say? Not just what, what, does, what does Acts say. I want to know what Jesus said before the thing happens. So let's start in the Old Testament. The promise in the Old Testament. What I want you to get out of this section of this message is this is not a revision of the plan. This was the original intent from the very beginning. God did not clutch and shift and go, whoo, that Old Testament, that didn't work. 
And Ten Commandments, that, that just failed miserably. We need something new now. Hey, Jesus, why don't you, let's go and try Plan B. No, it's not Plan B. This was the original intent from the very beginning. And so I want you to get it. Guys, God's not dumb. How many of y'all know God is smart? God's not jeopardy smart. I mean, he's like smart one level beyond. And so God understands that without some help, you're not going to pull off a victorious Christian life. That's right. You're not that. Your, your good intentions, your best efforts, your trying hard, even your faith and your commitment to Jesus is not enough to pull it off. Jesus told people, get it guys, get it. He's talking to Peter and James and John and, and, and all of the Andrew, all these disciples who stood there and watched him pull Lazarus out of the tomb. He, what they, these guys watched him walk on water. And these people who, of all things in the world, could be said, they believed in Jesus. I mean, they, they watched Jesus cast demons out of people. They watched these things. And Jesus said, y'all going to need a little more than that. You're going to need the promise of the Father before you go out there. So let's look. What is this promise of the Father? Well, way back in Ezekiel, look what the Bible says. God says, I know you ain't got a shot at pulling this off in yourself, so I'm going to do it on the inside of you. Moreover, I'm going to give you a new heart for self. I'm going to put a new spirit within you because you need one. Anybody here ever made a New Year's resolution? How'd that work out for you? Uh, yeah. Anybody here like me don't make them anymore because I'm pretty consistent about what, the way I make them? People ask me, well, what do you give or what, what, what's your New Year's resolution? I tell them what my grandma always used to say. I'm giving up mountain climbing and goat's milk. <laughs> I pray I don't ever get in trouble. <laughs> Guys, if you're going to live this Christian life, you're going to need a new heart and a new spirit on the inside of you. God said, I'm going to remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, a heart that will mold itself and will lean into me. I will put my spirit. There it is. There's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit. Guys, so many times in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people. But there's a difference having something come upon you and something indwelled you. I'm talking about from the center of your chest outward. I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you. And look at this. I love how God just says, you guys cannot do this without me, so don't try I, God says, I will bring it about that you will walk in my statutes and be careful and follow my ordinances. Anybody here ever tried to live a good Christian life? You ever, you ever tried to pull it off? Anybody here ever had that conversation with God that I've had more times than I can count? God, I promise you, you'll forgive me this time. I won't ever. And I'm just not, I'm, I'm going to make it this time. God, that's my commitment. It's a, it's a Sunday service and the music's just right and I'm feeling that Holy Spirit pull me and I stand in the altar and I might even cry and tell you I'm going to do better. But guys, God knows we are not capable of better ourselves. We can't do it. That's why He said, I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'm going to put my spirit up in you. I'm going to give you a new heart. And look at this. I'm going to bring it about that you walk in my statues. Thank God. Anybody feel like you need you a little bit of that promise of the Father before you go out there and try it again? Yes. I'm going to say, God says, I'm going to do it. And then look at Ezekiel 37, next chapter. Then you'll know that, 
that I'm the Lord. Because I'm the one that's going to open your grave and cause you to come up out of the grave. Guys, I'm going to put my spirit in you. And that's when you will come to life. You're not going to come to life on your own. You're incapable. I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. You know what that means to us today in 2023? It means God's going to bring you into the destiny, the plans he's got for you. And the plans God has for you are yours. You are not going to end up being Joseph. And all y'all that don't want to be said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to be Joseph. I don't want to try. Anybody here ever spend any time trying to be somebody else? Boy, that sucks, doesn't it? I mean, I had to try to, try to be something I'm not. God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to place you on your own land. God's bring me into my destiny, who you made me to be. And then you'll know, I, the Lord, I'm going to be this. Because I put my spirit in you. God, I need some of that. How about this? Even in the book of Proverbs. Turn to my rebuke. This is what God is telling And look, don't fight me when I want to tweak your path. Don't fight me when I want to give you a little course correction. But turn in, lean into my rebuke, and behold, I'm going to pour out my spirit on you and make my words known to you. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? That means after years of trying, some of y'all will get filled with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden you'll understand the Bible. That's right. All of a sudden, what has always been just... Guys, hear me say this. My wife was born to parents old enough to be her grandparents. Her mom was 42 when she was born. Her dad was 48. So they, they had already had a set of kids. She was way last caboose. They called her Seaboose. They Please don't call her that. She doesn't care for her. That's her daddy's name for her. But Rebecca, raised by two Presbyterian ministers, both of them went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, both of them with degrees. I mean, these people were. And she went to Christian school every day of her life, kindergarten through 12th grade. She had an hour of Bible every day for 13 years. So she knew a lot of scriptures. But do you know... When my, after we were engaged, Rebecca got baptized in the Holy Spirit. After we had started dating, Rebecca ex- received this infilling of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what was the biggest change in her life? It wasn't that she talked in tongues. I get so tired of people thinking all the Holy Spirit is about is tongues. Dear God, can we get past just tongues? It's wonderful. It's great. I'm glad I have a prayer language. I use it every day. But the Holy Spirit is about so much more. you know the biggest change in Rebecca's life? Scriptures started opening up to her. Yes. Scriptures that she'd known her whole life. If you sit down and talk with Rebecca, she can tell you where she was, how she was reading, what she was studying, and all of a sudden, words that she had known, she could have quoted them, she'd memorized them, but it didn't come together for her until I will pour my spirit out on you and I'm going to make my words known to you. Amen. Amen. Now, hear me say, there are a lot of great benefits to being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I'm not sure that tongues is the biggest one of them. There's a lot of benefits here. And I don't know but what God, if I could just open that book. Has anybody here ever done their homework? I, I, when I was Baptist, I was such a good, I was a sincere kid. I was trying. I mean, I'm 16 years old. I'm trying to be a good Christian. And I just hated reading the Bible. I wouldn't tell you about that. Because I was a good church boy at the time. I, 
Oh no, I love church. I love the Word of God. <laughs> I hated it. And I honestly, I put it off till the end of the day. And I'd be, I'd be, any of y'all ever done that? that <laughs> but I was convinced that if I didn't slog through two chapters, God wasn't going to be happy. Right. And so I'd make it through. But you know what? I'd get to the end of it and I'd go, Lord, he shall come again and they shall be, and he shall be at him and they shall be no more. I'm going to say this, every message in this series in Acts, Christianity without the power of the Holy Spirit is just another religion. It is a dead form of behavior if there is no indwelling Holy Spirit in it. Because, guys, it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to be. Christian, to live an overcoming Christian life. It's the Holy Spirit. I, 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 it's next week, man. But I'm just telling you, God is not about dead religion. And He's not about dead holy homework. Read your Bible because you're supposed to. Guys, if you don't have the Holy Spirit filling you up, there's a reason to wait for the promise of the Father and you get that. It's because anybody here want God to talk to you? Yeah. I want God to talk. I'm not going to read the Bible and just slog through it. Now, let's just jump at the granddaddy of all Old Testament promise of the Father's scriptures, the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is Job, 900 years before Jesus was born. 900 years before Jesus comes. The prophet Joel says this. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit falls 900 years later, stands up and says, this is what has happened. Let's look at what the Bible says. It's both Acts and Joel. Funniest chapter 2 of both. It shall be in the last days. Anybody believe these are the last days? Yes. How many of y'all know if 2,000 years ago was the last days, these are laster? <laughs> these are more last. And I love what George Wood said. George Wood, our former uh, general superintendent of our entire movement, Assemblies of God, he was visiting with a little 98-year-old lady in the nursing home. And she was frail and old, 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 but so sincere. And she asked Dr. Wood, she said, Dr. Wood, do you believe these are the last days? And Dr. Wood said, I've never told anybody, but I got tickled. Because I looked at that sweet lady and I said, well, I don't know about us, but I know it's your last day. You <laughs> 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 wouldn't know that. Anyway, guys, regardless of when Jesus comes back, all of us are on a limited time. You That's know what right. I'm saying? That's right. It may not be the last days of the earth, but it's my last days, and Amen. I'm going to get it now. Amen. God said, in the last days, I'm going. I love this. It's God's pollution. God just decided to do this and didn't ask anybody's permission. I'm going to pour out my spirit on just my chosen people, the Jews. Nope. No. But, but, but God, you don't understand, see? Judaism, that's a religion of just the circumcised, just the chosen, just the children of Israel, children of Jacob, just that set of folks. And God said, yeah, I know that. But this one ain't just Jews. I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody. That's right. That's right. That's right. Age doesn't matter and gender doesn't matter. Come on, that's right. I'm going to pour my spirit out on your sons 
and daughters and yes. they're going to prophesy. Please get out of the church language. Prophesy. Pro, you know what pro means. Yep. Pro is for, con is against. Prophesy means to talk for somebody. Yep, right. Your sons and your daughters are going to have the word of God in their mouth. They will speak the word of God into a situation that needs God's voice. Yes. And that's your kids. That's right. Not people that have finished Bible school. Right. Right. Your sons and your daughters. Well, Pastor, I just don't believe women can be used with God in that way. Well, that's just fine. You don't, you don't have to believe it. God ain't waiting on you to do it. Right. Right. Well, Pastor, I wasn't raised like that. Well, ain't you got to go in a place that needs truth now? Hallelujah. I'm going to pour my spirit out on your sons and your daughters. Come on, ladies in the house. And they will the word of the Lord. And your young men will see visions. Come on. Let me take just a second here. And let's just let's pull out of this for one second. And let me talk to the people that are 20 years older and younger in this place. God said, you ain't got to wait. God said there is an anointing, there is an outpouring, there is a use. There is something you're supposed to get and you're supposed to do. And the Bible says that we as the people of God need for you to do your job. And your job is get visions. What are visions? Visions is when God shows you something that could be. And you know what? The rest of us geezers can't see it yet. That's right. Some of you young people in this place are supposed to have ideas that are going to reach and touch and help people. And it's not going to come to somebody 50 or 60 years old. It's not going to come to your mama and daddy. It's going to come to you. And the Bible says if we really are a Pentecostal Holy Spirit moving in what God wants us to move church, then the young people in the house are going to be visionaries. The young people in the house are going to say, this could be, this could happen. And I'm not waiting. Oh, dear Lord. You don't need training. You don't need. I'm not saying training and education. These things aren't good. Y'all know we believe in training around here. But you don't have to wait on training to be used by God. That's right. What you got to do is just grab a hold of God and go, God, what you want? And every time you start with your lame excuse, God's going to treat you like he did Moses. Well, God, I ain't got the right parents. God, I can't talk to them. God, I ain't no good. God, they won't listen to me. And God's going to say, I picked you. I picked you. And just by God picking you, he qualifies you. That's right. Let me tell you a story. When I was 17, <laughs> I was a good Baptist kid who really was seeking after Jesus. <laughs> I didn't want to be Pentecostal. I knew some Pentecostals, and they were weird. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's why we don't have chandeliers in here. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but I really did want a relationship with Jesus. And so I, I, I prayed. I sought God. I was just like, God, I want, I want to be close to you. I feel like there's something on the inside of me, and I know I'm young, and I know I ain't got no education, and I know I'm not, I'm not some kind of minister anywhere, but God, I want you. <laughs> And sure enough, I slipped up and got baptized in the Holy Spirit, 17 years old. Little Assembly of God church, I was just visiting. Now, when my Baptist church found out about it, they sent my letter over there and said, enjoy it. They gave me the letter for the fellowship. But, guys, let me say this. The night I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget it. I'm standing right here 
just to the side of the platform, and there's a communion table. Y'all know those big tables that say in remembrance of me in the front? Yeah, yeah. There's a communion table right there. And the first thing I did when I felt God's Spirit just, I mean, just invade my soul, just pour into me, I took off my glasses. Now, most of you don't know, my senior portrait is in glasses. I wore glasses for six, seven years because I had bad astigmatism. This is not nearsighted and farsighted. This doesn't get better. It's a warping of the cornea. And so I wore glasses. But in my 17-year-old self, all I could think is, the book says you heal. Amen. That's right. The book says you'll do it. And God, I'm just going to believe you. And I took those glasses off and I sat them on that communion table. And when I went home, I told my mama, Mama, I, I believe I can heal. And my mama said, not until we get you to the doctor, you ain't. You're going to wear those glasses because your driver's license says you've got to have corrective lenses to drive. And so for a week, I wore those glasses down on the end of my nose because I couldn't see through them. The prescription my glasses were, I couldn't see through them. I had to look over my glasses to see clearly. And when I went to the eye doctor and took the test, my mom was like, huh. My mom was still physical at the time. She was like, huh. Now get the picture, guys. I'm filled by the Holy Spirit. 17 years old. No education, no training. Only been Pentecostal for two days. <laughs> Wednesday of that week, I'm working my job at McDonald's. 17. And back in the day, I mean, I, I, again, I remember it so clearly. I had black tennis shoes and a double-knit outfit. I mean, the McDonald's uniform was brown, and it was pants and a top. That was heavy, double knit. Yes. Polyester. Yes. Polyester. Yes. It was a one size Thanks. fits all because you could just. It's hard. And a paper hat. You got the picture. I, I was in the back. I was a worker. And I'm working at the front counter at McDonald's. And it is 6 o'clock. And the McDonald's in my town was right across the street from the high school. So it was packed. We had five registers going, and they were each three or four people deep with people. And we're, I mean, we're doing that McDonald's dance. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting fries. And she's getting burgers or something like that. And so I'm sitting there. We're all working. Now, this is 1979. And that's before anybody thought anything about safety, which meant the temperature of the coffee was roughly the surface of the sun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anybody remember that coffee? I was yeah. hot coffee for that lawsuit. Yeah. And so we are rushing. I mean, we are pushing. Because our manager would take a stopwatch. Yep. And from the time you said, welcome to McDonald's, can I help you? Click. He'd click that watch. And until you handed them their food, he wouldn't click again. And you got evaluated nightly on how quickly you got their food to them. And so we are bustling. We are moving. And I'm sitting here. Like I said, I've been Pentecostal. It's Wednesday. I've been Pentecostal since Sunday. There was all the Spirit Sunday night. 17. And Debbie Malice, I'll never forget it, because it'd be a thousand. Debbie Malice, dressed in the exact same outfit and paper hat I was, <laughs> Debbie reaches around and grabs the coffee pot and gets a small coffee cup. Somebody ordered a small coffee. Well, we're all moving so fast. She went for that coffee fast. So if you pour a significant amount of liquid too fast in a shallow cup, it's coming out. And what she did was she doused it. And that coffee hit the bottom of that cup and came up. And when it did, it went over and over her hand like this. Yep. She screamed, 
dropped the glass coffee pot and held her wrist like this. And you could see that girl's hand get red and you could see the visible blisters coming on the back and on the palm of her hand. I'm talking about those clear blisters that pop and then bleed. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm standing on the front counter of McDonald's. 17. Just been healed from wearing glasses. And all I could think is, Jesus will help. That's all I thought. I didn't think about what I was doing. I didn't think, am I qualified? I, all I could think is, she's hurt and Jesus can help. And so I'm standing on the front counter at McDonald's. All kind of customers. All kind of bustle. And I turned around and I took her hand between my two hands. And I started praying for Debbie and Alice in, in tongues. I'm just, and the people... <laughs> and I am just blazing away, praying in the spirit for Debbie. And I'm just, I remember in my spirit, I'm just going, God, I know you can help. God, you help me. God, I know your, your word says you help. And she's hurt. God, help. Help. We just need help. And I want a minute and a half into that prayer when Debbie Malice snatched her hand out from between my two hands. And she held that hand up and looked. And she looked at me. She said, what did you do? <laughs> and I said, Debbie, I, I just prayed. I, I just, this is a girl I went to high school with. I was in a band with. This is not somebody I didn't know. I said, I just prayed then. And you could see the blisters receded back into her hand. And that hand was completely healed in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie looked at me like I had grown another head. I mean, she was like, what was that? And I said, Debbie, I ain't got time to explain to you and tell to you right now. But I just suffice to know, I just asked Jesus to help because I knew you were hurt. That's all I knew to do is I knew you were hurt. And God reached and touched. Now, guys, analyze that one event just for a second. Did it happen because I knew so much or I was so holy? Did it happen because I had such great experience and such great background in the things of God? Nope. No, it happened because God loves Debbie and I was standing there. That's right. I was the one in the mix that had His Holy Spirit filling me. And I happened to be right there. And when it happened to her, I just felt it in my heart of hearts. Help. Help. Do something to help. Yep. And I was going, God, I can't help, but you can. And I just started praying. And God, I'm telling you, that miracle stuck with six with Debbie to this day. What would it do to you if that had happened to you? Would you not remember the day? That's right. I mean, That's I, right. We set about cleaning up the glass and the coffee and the stuff like this. And then we had a long talk after we both got off work. We sat there with the coat. And we had a long talk. And I told Debbie, I said, Debbie... I ain't been in this long enough kitchen to explain it to you. I don't know exactly what happened. I just got filled with the Holy Spirit Sunday night. So I, 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 I'll talk to my pastor. If you want my pastor to talk to you about it, I just know that when that happened, all I knew to do was pray, was to pray. And she said, did you know you were going to do it? I said, I didn't go to pray in tongues. I just went to pray in tongues with what was there. Guys, your young men will see visions. Dear God, give us a church full of people, 20 years old and under, yeah. 
who have a vision for what God will do if I just step up in the power of His, not my own power, in the power of His Holy Spirit. Give us a church full of young. You know what I would love to have? I would love to have a church where all where, where what we had to do was, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to Denzel after church because he's coming up every service feeling like he's got to work in the Lord. And then we'll prophesy now. We just need to, we need, we need to kind of train him. We need to get him some. But go for it, brother. Just go. Do you understand these days? Most of us adults don't walk in the house, even with the thought that God might use us. That's right. Your old men will have dreams. What's a dream? Every time in the scriptures, God gives somebody a dream, it's something coming that he allows them to see. Before it gets here, because they are part of bringing it into reality. Right. Right. Amen. Mary, you gonna have a baby? I can't have a baby. <laughs> yes, you can. And see, a dream. God gave Joseph a dream. Joseph, it's okay. Marry her. The child belongs to the Lord, and he will be called Son of the Most High. And Joseph brings that into reality. Joseph in the Old Testament, God gave him dreams. Pharaoh in the Old Testament. God gave him dreams. What was it? It was a seeing of the future which their faith brings into reality. Mm -hmm. Dear God, give us a church full of older men and women who see by the Spirit. What's all right, guys? Let's talk just a second. Just talk about church people. Anybody other than me, would you kill to have a church that's four or five times this size? Not because we're trying to build a big church, but because people need Jesus. And people are moving to Troy hand over fists. I mean, people are coming to town and people are coming lost. People are coming these days with no, they don't have any church background. They don't have, nobody's ever told them about Jesus. We got a whole crop of American heathen. Does anybody other than me, can you dream, can you see a place where people stuck in alcoholism are pulled out of the spirit of God? People stuck in drug addiction are yes. pulled out. People yes. who are struggling, parenting their kids yes. in 2023 are helped and given a, not just a, a relationship with God, but a community. Mm -hmm. People who feel isolated. Do you know the biggest psychological problem across this country right now is isolation and aloneness? Yep. People feel absolutely no connection. Don't have any family. Don't, have, don't live close enough to any of their family. They are isolated. That's right. Dear God, let me dream of a place. Oh, how about this? Can anybody dream of a place where when people walk in here sick, they walk in and we have an altar call like this, and you come back in a week and say, you know that altar call last week? God healed my cancer. Why has it got to me? Well, back in 1979, God healed Joseph's eyes, and that was the last time he did a miracle. Dear Lord, we sound like the geezers of, of yesteryear. I started back in 1952. God moved. Guys, God wants to touch people's lives today. Right. So come on, some of y'all that are not teenagers. Get some dreams. Right. Be dreamers of what this place can be. Even on people you don't think God can move. Male and female servants. People you think you're better than. God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on them. I'm a bagel. Guys, 
I'm telling you, I want to be a pastor of a church where people chained with addiction and confusion and lies from the devil about who they were created to be, where God just miraculously delivers them in one fell swoop. Where you don't have to, I'm a big believer in counseling. I'm not against counseling. But you know what? If my choice here is 12 weeks of counseling or one touch from the Holy Ghost, how about a touch from the Holy Ghost? That's right. God gives vision, God gives dreams, and then we see those things come to pass. Now, the promise of the New Testament. What does Jesus say about this promise? Well, first of all, John the Baptist talks about it. And Jesus then quotes John the Baptist. John the Baptist is one of the few things that is in every one of the Gospels. All four of the Gospels includes this statement. John the Baptist says, I baptize y'all with water for repentance. And here we say it, guys. Some of y'all in this room, that's all you've gotten. You made a decision for Jesus and you've been baptizing water for repentance. And that is great. That is good. And no, I'm not trying to turn you into a Pentecostal. And personally, it's when you and the Lord whether you ever speak in tongues. But my goodness, I want you to grab a hold of the promise of the Father, which is the power to live this thing. Look at what John the Baptist says. I'm baptizing you guys with water, but one is coming. He who is coming after me is so much smarter than I. And I'm not fit to even take off his shoes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And guys, I don't know how else to say this, but to say it. But if you don't know if it's happened, it hasn't happened yet. Because when it happens, you'll know. If you're sitting there and you're going, well, I remember when I was baptized in water, and I remember when I was saved, but I don't, I don't know if this has happened to me. I'm just here to tell you. John says it's, it's, it's another step, and you'll know when it happens to you. Mm -hmm. And guys, believe me, I, I was Episcopal right up to the day somebody explained to me that the Scripture says you need to give your heart individually. You need to give your heart to Jesus. And that day I got saved. And I was a good Baptist kid right up to the point that I read in the Bible where it says, yes, you get saved, yes, you get baptized in water, but there's more. And don't leave Jerusalem without it. You're going to need it. And Jesus himself will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to preach on this for a while, so we'll go on. Look at this. The last day of the feast, Jesus in John 7 stands up himself. And says, look, this is, guys, this is a feast where the last event was pouring out this big thing of water on dry ground. And the symbolism here was God would bring life. And Jesus, standing up in the synagogue right before the water's poured, Jesus said, hey, if any of y'all are thirsty, come to me and drink. Because the one who believes in me, just like the scripture tells you, out of his innermost being, right here, guys, in the center of your chest, will flow rivers of living water. Life is going to flow out of you. And get it, guys, it's not just life for you. It's life for somebody else through you. This, this Christianity we've been called to is not self-centered. But you get blessed and you turn right around and bless somebody else. You get given something, you turn right around and give it away. And when you give it away, what you have multiplies. That's right. 
Jesus said, if you believe in me from right here, you're going to have rivers of life flowing out of you. And then, just in case you missed it, look at the next verse. He said this in reference to the Holy Spirit. Can you be any clearer than that? Who those who believed in Him were to receive. So it's coming. Can you be any clearer than that? I mean, it's like, well, you, well, Pastor, you know that living water verse and, and, and out of your innermost being, that can be interpreted in a lot of ways. No, it can't. Because you know what? Jesus interprets it Himself for us. That's right. Mm -hmm. He said it about the Holy Spirit. Right. Who, the one believers, were yet to receive. That means He's coming. It's the second thing. For the Spirit was not yet given. Jesus wasn't yet glorified. It was coming. And Jesus Himself says, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But y'all hang out here. Stay in the city till you are clothed, wrapped in. Endued is the, is the, the highfalutin word. But it means wrapped up in, clothed, with power from on high. I'm just telling you, Christianity that does not have power in it is no Christianity at all. It's another set of religion. It's another set of rules. It's another. And guys, I've been in church service. You can have church without Jesus. You can have church without the Holy Spirit. You sing songs. You can even. Do you know what? I'm a good enough piano player. I can manipulate people emotionally at times. I know. Do you not understand, guys, that music can be an emotional manipulator? Absolutely. Anybody ever tear up at a Christmas AT&T commercial? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I saw my friend once, too. <laughs> guys, you can do church with no Holy Spirit and no Jesus, but it's dead religion if you do it. You, Jesus says, not stay and wait until you have church services. He says, wait until you are wrapped up in the power of the thing. That's right. That is, yes. The power of the thing. Go to the next scripture, please. Gather them together now. Acts 1. Jesus commands them. Don't leave Jerusalem. Y'all wait. Hold up. For what the Father promised, which you heard of from me, I told you. And Jesus says the same thing John the Baptist said. John baptized y'all with water. But you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I just don't know how clear this could be. And, and now the, the last one of these is, is a big one. Jesus says, John 16, I'm telling you guys the truth now. This is straight. It is to your advantage that I leave. Now I don't know how Jesus figures. It's to our advantage for him to go away. Wouldn't you think the better thing would be to have Jesus standing here in a white robe? I tell you what, it would be easier to get people to come to the altar and be prayed for healing. <laughs> if we had a guy standing here with long hair and a long beard and a white robe and he was just kind of illuminating light, if he was just pulsating a little bit. <laughs> if Jesus walked up in here, it'd be easier to get you to come to the altar and pray for him. And it'd be easier for you to believe for your healing, wouldn't it? How can it be to my advantage? When Jesus was here, Jesus' spirit was in one place. When Jesus was here, his spirit could be in one place at a time. But when Jesus goes back to the Father, 
and gives this helper, this reminder, this comforter, this, this one that he's sending, then whenever two or three of y'all get together, I am in the midst of you. That's right. And guys, here, here we say, let's do some simple math here. You know what syllogism is? If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. If this is that and that is this, then this is that. Yep. If Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit is God, then the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Jesus. Amen. So when you say Holy Spirit, what you're saying is, yeah, it's the Spirit of God. It's also the Spirit of Jesus. Guys, it's, it's the, the very, the very, the ruach, the, the pneuma, the breath. The word is not spirit, it's breath. It's the breath of God just going, and, and filling you. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. Because if I don't go, the helper will not come. Now, is anybody in this room old enough that you watched wrestling when it was real back in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the Mac and Three and Dusty Rhodes. That's on, right. Rhodes. I'm talking about some real. Back when wrestling, I don't know what they got today. That ain't real. But back in my day, wrestling was real. You ever see a tag team match? And I mean somebody in the ring just getting pummeled. And, but he couldn't get any help. Let's see, maybe to his corner and just... Hey. And boy, they would be, they would make sure they had a nosebleed. And then he's just <laughs> struggling to get there. But just as soon as you tag, I mean, here the guy came off the top ropes. And he just, well, guys, this is what Jesus is trying to tell us. Look, now, when I go, when I ascend to the Father, I'm going to get, and it took 10 days. Jesus ascended, and 10 days later, he got to heaven, and he went, tag. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm in. And the Holy Spirit came off the top rope. That's right. And he's been here to do it. That's right. Yeah. 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 So says the Holy Spirit tags in when Jesus physically tags back to heaven. And when he comes, he's going to convict the world about sin. Anybody here glad the Holy Spirit convicted you in your heart about your sin? Did you need a Savior? Yeah. He's going to convict or convince the world about righteousness and judgment. Look how Jesus explains this. He's going to come go to the next slide, please. About sin, because you don't believe in me. Guys, every one of us in this room, if you're saved, you had a day where you didn't believe in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the one that convinced you you need saved. Yes, he did. The Bible says you can't even come to Jesus except the Holy Spirit draw you. That's right. So thank God he sent the Holy Spirit that told me, Joseph, you need a Savior, son. You won't have to have a Savior now. And convince me about righteousness. Because God, because Jesus is going to the Father. Do you know what it means? Righteousness is not right act. Righteousness is my right standing with God. It's the Holy Spirit that tells me at my heart level, you are okay with God, not because of the good things you've done, All right. but because Jesus went to his Father. Jesus did it. It's not your acts. It's Jesus who gives you righteousness with the Father. And what makes me confident of that fact? Holy Spirit. Right. Holy Spirit, at the core of my being, is the one that says, you quit just trying to make God happy. He's already happy. He loves you. And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has already been judged. 
You know what he's saying here? He's saying, y'all ain't got to worry about a thing. The Holy Spirit will convict, convince you about judgment because, guys, look right here. Jesus himself beat the devil to a pulp. That's right. The ruler of this world's already been judged. He has no power over you. And who communicates that to you? The Holy Spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit right. tells you that you're poor. That's what you need to be worried about. So look at how this finishes. Gosh, I love this. I got a bunch more to tell you, boys. Look, I, next slide, next slide. I have many more. I'm sorry, go back. I was wrong. <laughs> I got Wait, many what? more things to say to y'all, which can't bear them right now. But that's okay. That's okay. I don't have to tell you everything at once because when this helper. This Holy Spirit, when He comes, the Spirit of truth here, He's going to be your guide. He's going to be the one that leads you into all truth. Thank God. You know what? I've had people tell me, well, Pastor, it's 2023. And what I'm dealing with with my kids, what I'm dealing with on my job, what I'm dealing with in my own desires, there ain't nothing in the Bible about that. What do I do? Well, watch right here. When the Holy Spirit comes. He on the inside of you will guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit can talk to you yourself. And he'll open up scriptures that you go, huh, it does talk about that. Yep. It does talk about that. That's in the Bible. Look at that. There, here's all truth. You come to a place. Anybody here parent a child and you come to a place you go, I don't know what to do. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I wish God gave me a book that the answers yep. were in the Bible. I'm telling you, I, I knew everything there was to know about parenting until I started. That's right. That's right. Oh, I would judge you if your child was making a, a ruckus in the restaurant. Till I had a child made a scene in the restaurant, and I'm like, she belongs to her mother. <laughs> That's that whole Johnson side of that man. <laughs> but the Bible says, thank God, when we come to thorny situations, Holy Spirit Himself is going to guide me into all truth. He's not going to speak on His own. But just what He hears. Whatever He hears, who's He listening to? Jesus. What He hears, He's going to speak. And get this, I love this. He will disclose to you what is to come. Are you telling me the Holy Spirit will tell me the future? I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit will disclose to you what is to come. Now watch right here. I can pick out in this room. I know saints in this room that have lived with the Holy Spirit in the center of their chest long enough to go, yeah, I had a time like that. When I was about to do something, the Holy Spirit in my chest said, enough. Just hold up, Satan. Just don't. And then you ask the Holy Spirit, what, what am I holding up for? He said, just hold up. Trust me. Then what's he doing? He's disclosing to you what's to come. Guys, I've had the Holy Spirit say, do this. Well, Lord, I don't see the reason for it. I ain't asking you to see the reason. I'm asking you to obey. Do it. And then you get down the road, not a month, and you find out the Holy Spirit knew what he was talking about. He was disclosing something that was to come. Anybody want that kind of relationship? I want that's the Christianity I want. Yeah. I don't want this unpowered. I, I just don't want this. Do the best you can and read the Bible and hope God doesn't bump you on the head. <laughs> I don't want to live my Christian days worried about just displeasing God and then go to hell. And I, no. God wants me to live above all this stuff. But that only comes powered by the Holy Spirit. Now the last slide, please. Really. The Holy Spirit's going to glorify me. That's Jesus. 
And he, oh my gosh, guys, get this. It's the last one today. But boy, get this, get this, get this. He will take from mine and disclose it to you. The word here in Greek for disclose, let me give you a word that you might find a little more resonance with. And it's the same word. In fact, it's closer to this word in English than it is disclose. Watch right here. The Bible says Jesus, the Holy Spirit will take stuff that belongs to Jesus. And transmit that to you. Mm. And look at what Jesus said. If you want to know the scope of this, you want to know how broad this is, how big this is, what kind of a pool are we drawing from? All things the Father has are mine, Jesus says. That's why I'm telling you that anything you need, Holy Ghost can pick it up and bring it to you and transmit it to you. That's right. Guys, when I was 17, what happened? How did that girl get healed? It's because the Holy Ghost took something that belonged to Jesus, the power to heal, and transmitted it through me to that girl. Did it mean I was a, do you know what that means? It means I was a decent conduit. It meant I was a good piece of PVC pipe. That's all it was. You don't go home at night and you go, I have the best color wires. My house has beautiful copper. I've never even seen my copper wires. But I thank God that my copper wires transmit electricity from that box outside into the lights in my house. Yeah, right. That's what copper wires do. You a copper wire. That's right. You a piece of PVC. But thank God the Holy Ghost can take anything you Come need on. from Jesus, who everything the Father has belongs to him, is what it says. All things the Father has are mine. That's why I'm telling y'all, he takes from mine and transmits it to you. So watch right here, guys. How does this play out in the real world? You go to work tomorrow, and you come upon somebody with a need, and you think, gosh, that's a terrible situation. I sure wish somebody would help. And the one that loves them more than you do, and the one who is capable of help, is living on the inside of you. That's right. And he is capable of taking the help they need off the shelf in heaven, and transmitting it straight, direct to the core of your being. You yourself. And all of a sudden, without you doing anything to merit it, it's in your hands. Their healing. Their need. Mm -hmm. Their provision. Mm -hmm. And it's not yours to give. It was always His. But you know what I can do? Silver and gold have I none. That's right. But what I got, I'm happy to give you. That's right. Look right here in Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You take this and you get up walk. In the name of Jesus, you take this and be healed. In the name of Jesus, you take this and be set free from whatever it is that's got you chained up. In the name of Jesus. It's not mine. It never was mine. It was always Jesus. But he will take what's mine and transmit it directly to you. Guys, young people, get a vision for it. Not so young people, get a dream of it. This is the kind of Christianity I want us to live. This is the kind of Christianity I want to pastor a church full of. I want, God, is there anybody here, can you dream just a second of wouldn't it be a kick to go to a church that started every service with two or three baptisms because that's the people that got saved. Yes. Yes. I mean, two or three people getting baptized. Well, I tell you, Andrew was at her job, and somebody just, you know, they just got into a conversation about Jesus. 
And next thing you knew, Andrea, without being a weirdo, Andrea just said, you know, you can give your heart to Jesus right now. You just give your heart to the Lord. And Andrea comes in. Andrea calls the office on Saturday and says, I got somebody coming with me. That they got saved Thursday. Can we baptize them? Sure can. We'll have those two or three baptisms every service. I want to go to the church where right before the announcements and you're telling me about potluck, why don't you tell me about three or four people that got healed? That's right. Why don't you tell Come me on. about the Because it was Jesus that said, these signs shall follow them that believe. That's right. I mean, guys, we have dumped the thing down and, and, and taken the spice out of it and taken the good out of it so much to where we are content with Christianity. And I just don't want to live in it anymore. I just don't want to be that anymore. In fact, I'm willing to look foolish. I'm willing to be a fool for Christ, is what the New Testament says, if it can help us get to a place where God is reaching people who need Him so desperately. That's right. Because here we say this. You pray with somebody who the doctors have given up on, you ain't got a long, hard road to convince them to give their heart to Jesus. You ain't, got, you ain't got a hard sell there to get them to come to Jesus. You, you, you pray with a guy whose marriage is in a shambles, who's losing his family, and you see God turn that thing around, that whole family comes to God. That, that's the church I want to go to. That's the church I want to be part of the leadership of. That's the church God is calling us to be. So, maybe I am a geezer. Maybe I am an old man because I have a dream. I have a dream of a church that honestly goodness we walk in here and every Sunday after the first worship song we go, we're going to take this second and baptize three people. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Oh my gosh, can anybody see you? Yes. Stand up with us. Stand up with us. We're going to pray. We're going to end this service. Would you just have a respect for one another? Guys, bow your heads and close your eyes. This next moment is for really people in Jesus. It's not for you, man. And it's not your business. Honest to goodness. But guys, the first step in any of this is you and your relationship to Jesus. It's you giving your heart to Jesus. It's you coming to Jesus and saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't have a marriage. I can't have these kids. I can't have a life. I can't hold a job. I can't do this without you helping me. And Lord Jesus, I've tried on my own, and I've just made a mess of things. So, Jesus, I need to turn from my own way and turn to you. Is there anybody in this place that would say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need to give my heart to Jesus this morning. I see that. Anybody else? Guys? Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else need to give your heart to Jesus this morning? Yep. Guys, in every section, front and back. Anybody else want to get in this before we go any farther? I know what time it is, but it's never too late to, to give somebody a chance to come to Jesus. Amen? Come on, if you're in this place and you're a believer, pray, pray, pray. Ask God to draw people by His Holy Spirit. Anybody else, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to live a life that is extraordinary, a life of destiny, a life of being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Anybody else, real quick. Yep, I see that hand. Guys, we're going to pray with you right where you are. Just for time's sake, we're going to pray with you right where you are. But let's pray together. Come on, you pray with me. Lord Jesus, 
I acknowledge my sin. And I turn from my own ways. God, I repent. I turn from my way. And I turn to your way. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I, I ask you to come in. Save me, Lord. Totally. Make me new. And empower me to live my days. Following after you hard. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Guys, for all the rest of us, and for those of you that just gave your heart to Jesus, is there anybody that wants to be a part of God moving through us like he moved through that first century church? Anybody want to be a part of that? that is empowered in do, clothed with power by your Holy Spirit. God, we're not asking you to make us weird. We're not asking you to make us, Father God, people that just stick out because of our weirdness. But Father, if we're going to stick out, let us stick out because we're people who believe you. We're people who see you move in our situations. And Father, that we're quick to reach out and minister to a need. Holy Spirit of God, fill us Lord, now, Lord God. Holy Spirit, move through us. Nudge us, remind us, and transmit to us what belongs to Jesus for everybody we come in contact with in need. God, this week, give us a chance. This week, God, put us right next to somebody, I don't know, at school, in a, in a, in a car, Father God, at a job. Put us next to somebody that needs something from you and use us as the BBC, God. Help us to be used of you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people agree together and said, Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.